0: there's only one.
1: There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports.
0: This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for Thursday, October 5th. The week is flying by, getting ready for Panthers and Lions at Ford Field College Football this weekend as well. And by the way, thanks to everybody that's heckled or came at me or went at Bernie for yesterday's podcast when Bernie reported that Urban Meyer was in East Lansing on Tuesday night. I mean, Bruce Feldman from Fox apparently felt the need to call Urban himself. And Urban said, I don't want that Michigan State job. Urban also has been known to maybe lie once or twice. So uh, thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching, rating, reviewing, and um, going after all of us. It was very nice of y'all. But um, we go from one guest yesterday to one of my favorite people in media. Another guest, he is a fixture in Detroit sports media. You can read him at Detroit Free Press. He's a columnist, Carlos Menares, who, by the way, I just figured out. I've been saying his name wrong this entire time. He is a fabulous writer, even better guy, and even better driver of the golf ball. What's going on, Carlos? How are you?
1: <laughs> Man, that's a great intro. Uh, I, I don't know if I I can try. follow that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no. No, thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. And listen, I love your writing. You're one of my favorite guys in the media. I uh, don't hide from that fact by any means, even though everybody's like, why do you like Carlos so much? I (laughs) I don't get it. You see the stuff he writes? It makes no sense to me. But no, seriously. So you're around the Lions all the time. And I wanted to bring you on because I trust your opinion. I think Detroit trusts your opinion. And I said something the other day on the show with Wojo, the Wojo and Rieger show, and he laughed at me. But I think I'm right. So I, I thought, in order to show Wojo that I'm right in the rest of the world, I'm going to have you on. You've been covering the Lions since 2006. You've seen a lot of god-awful football. It's amazing that you look as young as you do. I mean, you look great for having covered this god-awful team since 06. But then this year comes around, right? And they're 3-1. They're a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Carolina, the biggest favorite they've been since 2018. It could even go up a little more. Whoa. They have, like, two top ten units in offense and defense. The passing game seems to work. The running game with Montgomery and Gibbs is working. The lines on both sides seem to be great. I made this statement, and Wojo wanted to fight it, but I said, (laughs) in my lifetime, I'm 48 years old. I'm old. Probably not as old as you, but I'm old. In my lifetime, this is the best Lions football team that I've seen. Now, it's not saying much. I understand it's not saying much because we haven't been given much. But would you agree with that statement? I mean, they've already lived up to the hype, it seems like. And I would assume they're going to roll Carolina.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, because when you think of the totality of both sides of the ball, um, yeah, that's that's for sure right. Um the only question maybe is like the kicking game as far as the, the field goal kicking, right, with with Riley Patterson. Jack Fox is an excellent punter, but we haven't they haven't had to rely on Riley Patterson too much. But otherwise, um, yeah, I mean they're doing what they need to do. I don't know how they're doing it on defense exactly, because the defensive line obviously is their strength or it was always built to be their strength, and it's coming through. Uh the secondary is still it's it's banged up, Jeff. I don't know how they're how they're keeping this together. I mean, Brian Branch obviously is probably a key, easily a candidate for defensive rookie of the year, Yes, but yeah, I mean, when you put it all together and even on offense, I mean, I think it's Ben Johnson gets so much credit for how he's using pieces that Jameer Gibbs, like every fantasy owners raging pissed, right? At Ben Johnson, and the Lions goes, give me Gibbs. Why? He's not getting enough touches and all this stuff. Like who cares? I think Ben Johnson cares about touches. Like It's working. We're using a rookie the way we needed to use him. We don't, he doesn't have right. to be an all-pro, doesn't have to be DeAndre Swift right away. Uh, David Montgomery took over the game the other day in Green Bay. So Jared Goff is doing what he needs to do. Uh, they have enough threats in the passing game with El your boy, and uh Amin Rossi and Brown and Josh Reynolds. And there, there's enough people getting mixed in. And sometimes not enough. The ball doesn't go. What was it? Four, four pass catchers the game before that against Atlanta, only two receivers doesn't matter it's like you know you're a really great golf player right so it's not how Probably. it's how many so this is how it's how it's how many wins do you get you don't care if you run the ball 800 times or you pass the ball 800 times If you are gonna win. you're gonna win they're, they're getting it done you're absolutely right and since 06 the most complete lions team that i've ever seen look at that they
0: are on pace they have a historic rush defense They allow 60.2 yards per game, I believe. They've done it against some pretty good running backs. But you mentioned Jameer Gibbs, speaking of running backs, and there is this debate raging on sports radio. I know you love the sports radio. It gets very cynical at times. But there's this debate raging that while we like Jameer Gibbs and we see that Jameer Gibbs has a future, we can see the potential. And we like Sam Laporta a lot. I mean, how can you not? Maybe he's the next Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. A lot of people can't get past the fact that you passed on Jalen Carter. So if I gave you Brad Holmes his job for just one day and I give you a do-over, would you take Jalen Carter, who doesn't play a lot in Philly, but he's been so impactful, he seems like a transcendent player, or would you do the same and would you take Gibbs at 12 and take Laporta at, what, 34, which meant you had to trade with Arizona at six away?
1: You know, the way to answer this really is, is you have to – think in context of what the, the kind of players they are getting and how they want to use them. And I don't know what, if there was any knock on Julian Carter, I, I don't know what the, what the draft, you know, whatever uh, uh draft Nick said about him, but they want a certain type of player, the kind of guys who love football who are all in, I don't know if that's Carter necessarily, but also they needed, I mean, you could see they had, they had the Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift model, right? The, the shock and awe, the, the the tough guy up the middle and then the shifty guy out of the backfield who can catch passes. And they just redid that. They, they, they didn't think that, you know, Swift could stay healthy. So they traded him and they figured that Jamal, you know, was not worth the price he was going to command in, as a free agent. And, you know, they figured they could just get somebody else and maybe they liked something more about David Montgomery um, kind of more or less the same player, but I think that's how they want to do it, you know, and, that, and, and that has to, I think it's always tricky with Ben, with, with the general managers, you know, because they can't really say, look, I gotta, I gotta take care of my defense a little bit, or we really have invested a lot on the defensive line. Now we got to go a little bit more offense or we're missing the tight end. We traded TJ Hawkinson. We got to get a tight. You know, they can't, they never come out and say it that way. Or my offensive coordinator prefers this kind of a run game. He needs, these two kinds of players. I have to go get those kind of players for him, either through free agency or the draft. So I, I can't really I think it's really early to make a strong judgment about Gibbs, but I think he'll be fine. I mean, from what we've seen so far, um it should work together. I think you're gonna see him have some pretty good games, some some DeAndre Swift type games where he catches a lot more passes. And one thing he did say in training camp. I don't know if you were there that day, he said it, but early on we asked him what's the offense looking like what's the transition from Alabama to here he said they're just they having to catch a lot more balls like he i don't think he caught as many he and here this is just going to be his role more of not getting the ball not getting handoffs and you saw what he did in the, against Atlanta it wasn't very effective they need Montgomery between the tackles they need Gibbs to be the in space guy and uh and make some yardage you know on his own make guys miss you know not running through the tackle so I think he'll be fine. I have, no, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. Did you, you, you like the pick? Do you Not at the time.
0: No, and I, I do like Jalen Carter. And wow. now you watch Philly, and they have DeAndre Swift too. I was never quite sure why the Lions traded him, to tell you the truth. I understand what you're saying. They worried about his health, and for good reason. He was always injured in Detroit. But, man, he's a free agent to be, contract year, 1.7 million bucks. Like, we all know these guys played better in their contract year. Yeah. And there was no reason to trade him. You could have traded him at the deadline or you could have kept him in case somebody gets injured. I I, I didn't understand trading him. And you know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but it's going to be Lions in Philly in the (laughs) NFC title game. And uh, the game's going to be probably in Philly. And uh, DeAndre Swift's going to run for five touchdowns. And uh, it's going to be a great season for the Lions, but we're going to be like, (laughs) Why'd you ever trade away? I mean, he's like, Isak Paredes, you know, he's like Nick Castellanos. He's Justin Verbo.
1: (laughs) All right. Let me, let me answer you. Let me, I'll answer this because the NFL is all about reading between the lines. I think a lot of the the way the coaches talk, right. And the the most damning thing that was ever said about DeAndre Swift was when Deuce Staley, the quarterback, the running backs coach said last year before the season started, I think it was in training camp, that Swift needs to understand the difference between being injured and being hurt. Meaning he's a little soft. Right. He's not and playing through being hurt. He's if you're injured you he can't play. Exactly. He's not playing through some of these. Okay. I don't know if they're soft tissue injuries or whatever. But that's the kind of stuff that when you don't feel. And in the, in the NFL, you got to feel like your dudes are going to go through the wall for you. And they don't care. And they're putting their their physical well-being way last. They want to get on the field. If they have to hop on one leg, they'll be fine. I want to put me out there, coach, right? That's what they want. And I don't think that was ever DeAndre swift. And as a human being, I totally get it. As an NFL coach, I would say this guy maybe is not for us because, you know, what do they always say, right? The best ability is availability. So right. they, that's no, what they couldn't trust. I think that's what they couldn't trust was like, look, look is he going to be out there? Is he going to, we've already given him. And I think he was out there more last year. But I, maybe they fi- figured – we saw him more out there last year, and he wasn't quite as effective as we still wanted him to be. And you also know one of the things that Du Staley also said, I think it was maybe the same press conference, is we need you to kind of be a more north-south more guy. And I think he said this maybe in even Hard Knocks. We, saw, we heard it. Like, stop trying to get to the edge and beat guys. Stop trying to juke guys and just, just right. go. Just
0: take Tell the them. yards that are there.
1: Go through, go through. I think that was part of they were trying to toughen him up. And you got to go off tackle or between, you know, up the middle. And, you know, sometimes there's just an ideological difference with players. And I think that's what really was the case with with Swift. Speaking of availability, what about this
0: guy? Jamison Williams comes back. I have no idea how much he's going to play. Okay. But he made the big deal at practice. I'm sure you were there the other day. I think it was yesterday. Yep. Where he says, listen. I've been doing two a days and I'm catching 100 balls on the jug machine. Yeah. Now, the media kind of took that and ran with it. Other people, more cynical people, not like myself, of course, because I'm not very cynical at all, but other <laughs> people are like, dude, that takes like 10 minutes out of your day. Like, like Amon <laughs> Ra catches 202. You're only catching 100. Break it down, Carlos. What are we expecting from J Like, are we ready to watch Jameson become that 12th overall pick that we thought he was going to be? Like, Up until this point, it's been disappointing. I also think at times it feels like he's getting railroaded at times from some people in the media. People nitpick this kid all over the place. Oh, he was at a Tony at 3 in the morning. Are you kidding me? Oh, he was lighting off fireworks on Independence Day. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, what are you doing? (laughs) I mean, activities that all of humanity does, right? So I think that at times got a little crazy. I still think he's got crazy talent. I worry or wonder about... He's route running and is catching the football. But you're around all the time. Are we going to see a difference maker in JMO, the guy that can take the top off the defense and a guy that will elevate this offense that's been really good so far? You know,
1: if you, if you had to pin me down, I wouldn't say this year. It could happen. He has the talent. He has the speed. Sure. But I think that it's, it's been too much stop-start with him with the injury – Coming off the ACL in college and playing what six games last year, one catch, and then this year, uh, you know the suspension, the hamstring—it's it's 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 a lot to ask a young player to catch fire, you know. And no matter, nobody wants to say, "Hey, what they were saying, what 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 Campbell and and uh, Antoine Randall L were saying." If you could again, it's reading between the lines. It's be where you're supposed to be, know what the plays are do do we're asking you to do the minimum here is be reliable and you're not right. going get you're not going to play 60 snaps on sunday and even campbell said he, he's going to function more in a support role to begin with and that's absolutely the right call because i don't care who you are you know even if you're calvin johnson coming off this kind of a break it's been five weeks maybe six or so right. since he's played the game plus um, the hamstring injury Plus, the hamstring injury. Plus that was even preseason. I don't even know what a snap count was then. I think they were, they were trying to get it up, but still getting a football ship is tough. That that, that takes a little bit of time. Now, I don't know. I, we haven't seen enough of Jameson Williams to know, like, is he a quick learner? Is he, is he hit the ground running? Is he, he listen, he has the drop issues. Um, you know, he's, he's, if he stays healthy, it's, it takes time. I mean, it takes a little bit of time for him. It's going to take time for him to get on the same page and timing and everything with with golf. So I, it's not going to happen right away. So so is he going to progress so steadily in what are we down to uh, 14 games? I guess No, 13 games. Yes. Uh, plus the buy. There's enough time, I suppose. But it's a lot to ask somebody to catch fire after this kind of a delay to the game, to the, to the season for him. Um, but I do, I'm one of those guys, Jeff, uh, you know, I'm worried about him off the, uh, you know, away from the facility. Sometimes some of the decisions he makes in those, you, you know, like every human he plays with fireworks, but ask Jason Piel, uh, Pierpoll, didn't work out. Yeah. It didn't work out. And everybody was worried about like, it wasn't so much fireworks as that he had like, a short little, like uh, cigarette lighter. He was using a long stick. Like, dude, you need those fingers. So, um, <laughs> fair enough. you know what, but the flip side of that is he, he, I don't think he's bothered that much by outside noise, by criticism, by necessarily even expectations. He's, it doesn't he has a smile like it. on, you, you can see the video I'm sure probably on somewhere and yeah. he has a smile the whole time. He walked in in the piston shirt in the locker room, you would have thought this guy was just like, Hey, I'm a, i'm happy to be here i just called got called up off the practice squad this is a nice day for me and you know so he's and by the way 100 catches on the jugs machine i would t- i would tell somebody go catch 100 yes these guys are nfl receivers go catch 100 balls off a jugs machine tell me how your hands feel 200 balls is insane and i'm in raw he stands about 10 feet from these things it's like a bullet a no amazing a it's amazing to watch it's sometimes he doesn't want to
0: hand it but i would yep. tell you I take 100 drives a day. Well, I mean, what's really, what's the difference, Carlos?
1: That's just your it, normal round, though.
0: Yeah. That <laughs> was uncalled for, but probably true. <laughs> All right. Couple more minutes with Carlos Moneriza. obviously, the columnist from the Free Press, one of my favorite guys in the media. Um, I do want to ask you. A little bit away from football, all right? I figure we covered the Lions. They're going to kick Carolina's ass. They're going to go in the next week and win in Tampa Bay. I mean, they're going to be a one or two seed in the NFC. I think we've determined this. They're going to win the NFC North. I think you agree with me, correct? Oh, yeah. quick, quick, I don't answer. know about the one or two seed, but, yeah, they're going to win the NFC North. Yeah. NFC North, right? Yeah, the Vikings stink. The, the Bears are an embarrassment. And, you know, they beat the Packers four times in a row. And the next game's at four field. They make it five times in a row. So we, we've settled all that, but. Big news around Metro Detroit yesterday was Matt Shepard, a longtime, five years, voice of the Detroit Tigers on TV. He gets let goes by ballets. And listen, I like Shepard as a person. I really do. We've played golf before. I, I consider him friendly for sure. Are you hearing this? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Can't you see I'm busy here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Stop it. Please. Thank you. This this is the worst time for you to go crazy. It it is 345. It's time to eat, apparently. That, my friends, is a successful video edit. How about that? Dog barking, now dog eating. Magic of video editing. Anyway, getting back to the news yesterday, Matt Shepard let go from Bally's. A lot of people were happy about it. A lot of people did not like Shepard on the air. He's a great dude. So this has nothing to do with his work ethic or his personality or what kind of guy he is. He's a great guy. I always thought he was a fabulous football play-by-play guy and basketball play-by-play guy. I never loved him doing baseball. But you put out a tweet. You said, bad decision, Bally's. A lot of people seemed happy about it. You're like, no, awful decision. You were like the one guy. I don't want to be – you weren't the one guy. But you were one of the guys
1: that didn't like the decision. Why? You know what? I I think with Shep – I was totally fine with the way he, he ran that broadcast. And I think that, I'm not gonna say that his hands were tied, but when you got a really bad team, and sure. a lot of what you're supposed to do, let's be honest, is uh, support the team, right? Between him and the analyst, you know, Simo and Gibby, um, they, you know, Petrie, they, 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 they have to sort of excuse a lot of things that are going wrong. And when the team is struggling, it's really hard. Um, I think to, to, to color things as truthfully as possible, let's say as, as, as fully, but I, I Hey, listen, I, and I'm not an, I'm not an aficionado, right? I mean, I, I listen to broadcast. There's people I like, there's people I don't like, there's, there's personalities. Like I don't like Joe Buck. I don't like his personality. Oh. Um, you grew yeah. up around Vince Scully. You're from
0: Los Angeles. And you, so know what? Guess, you
1: got a gem what? from him. Guess what? He, some people didn't like Scully because he told too many stories. They were like, just tell us the pitch count. Tell us you're not telling us this. And I, I love the, the stories. I love the stories. And I it was always, to me, the story. And that that's my preference. I mean, what a, I think one of the best play-by-play guys probably is Michael Kay for the Yankees. I really like him. He's got really good chemistry in the booth with his partners um you know he has a banner but he tells you what's going on and gives you some insight i thought chef did enough of that i thought he was good he was proficient i never had a problem with i don't know what's going on don't tell me some people i think they criticize him for being boring I, you know i don't i don't know if you you i'm sure you listen to a lot more radio broadcasts from other teams i used to listen to a little bit more when i had the mlb network i listened to you know different broadcasts uh, away team brought you know all that stuff for the dodgers and and um, I didn't there aren't that many special, special uh play-by-play guys. There's probably like what a handful of really, really good. No, you're excellence. right. Everybody I else pretty good.
0: They're, they're I think there's way many, many cookie cutters. Like, uh, unfortunately, especially in TV, I think so many guys are the same. Like the Ernie Harwells, the the you mentioned Michael K. I think he's good. Dan Dickerson does a fantastic job of radio, at least in my opinion. The Vince Scullies, I mean the the Bob Euchers. Those guys are, who's the guy in Cleveland? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? He does the broadcast by him. Yeah, the, the, Those guys are the cream of the crop, right? Those guys are the best of the best. Then the rest, I kind of feel, are just cookie cutters. Like you can replace them day by day and you wouldn't even know that they were there or have changed. So I think Shep, I agree with you. I think he handled the broadcast leadership well. I just think... You know, baseball is all about folksiness and day-to-day conversation and, hey, look at that fan and easy, breezy baseball chatter. And I think maybe that's where things fell short. You talk about a bad team, though. I remember when the Tigers were horrendous. I spent my entire 20s watching the Tigers, and they were pathetic. Like, I remember 1996, I made the worst decision of my life. I bought season tickets. They lost, like, 106 games. They were awful. But... Josh Lewin and Kirk Gibson were the play-by-play team. I think it was Fox Sports Detroit back then. And they were really good. So a good broadcast crew can actually make you want to watch or make you not want to shut off the TV, I think. Like I think Rod and Mario, even though they didn't like each other very much, and they ended up fighting over a chair, unfortunately. But those guys were great, I thought. I loved Rod. I thought Mario was You thought they
1: were great? Great is a strong word.
0: Well, okay, so I will admit – the era was great. So I lumped them
1: in with the era. And there were some great moments. But, you know, and that was one of the things, like, a lot of people were tweeting at me and different things, you know, bring Thanks. Mario back.
0: Mario he doesn't Cameron want to come
1: back, stupid. apparently. I, I, don't, I don't blame him, but also I don't think he was anything special. There was nothing about him that stood out as, wow, Mario. And, and I thought Rod was awful. I, I, thought, I thought Rod was, was great. What what I see you, Miggy. I see you, Higgy. I see. You, what, what did he bring to, as an analyst? I never heard anything from him that I thought, wow, this guy's really bringing me some insight. And Gibby, for as much as you want to say, people say, oh, Gibby, you know, yeah. he's, he's struggling and everything. And that's absolutely true. But he has a lot of insight. you know But it, you it depends what you want. Right. True. I agree with you. Like in a
0: game situation, Gibby, former manager former Absolutely. player. He's, He's going to be able hear. to get what you want. No question. You know, a hero from your Dodgers of yesteryear, right? <laughs> but with a guy like Rod, I, I have this crazy in my broadcast. I actually want to hold a seminar on baseball broadcasts, especially on the TV. And mm-hmm. I want to revamp the whole damn thing because I think the current format is boring. You get the color analyst, you get the play-by-play guy. It's just those two guys going back and forth. I want to be entertained. Like I can see what's going on through the camera lens. I can see ground ball to shortstop. I can see Javier Baez swinging out of the strike zone. I can see all these things. I don't even necessarily need comments about it. I want somebody to attack it like an actual radio or TV show. Entertain me. Tell me some stories. You know, go interview a fan about some popcorn and catching a baseball. Like, bring on a comedian. Do stuff that is not done. It's all so stodgy. It's also like uppity. Let, let's break the mold. Now, there's no way Bally's is going to do that with their next hire. It's going to be the same as it ever was. But I thought Rod and Mario came the closest to breaking the mold. When Rod would yell, oh, Jackson, or I see you, big fella, or country strong. He entertained me. He entertained me. It's so corny. I I know about baseball. I'm a baseball fan, so I don't necessarily need the analysis or the insight. That's where I think Shep had issues. Shep, it'd be a 9-2 game. Tigers are down. It's the eighth inning. And Shep's asking Jack Morris, oh, my Hall of Fame partner, Jack Morris, uh, J- Jack, what are you doing here? What are you throwing here? I'm like, Shep, no offense, buddy. It's a seven-run game. Tigers are going to lose. Give me a reason to keep watching. Like, you don't have to talk about baseball the entire time. Another edit. So, Yes. No, but but you like Shep, and I love him as a person. I just I feel bad for him. I mean, you never want to see a guy lose his job, obviously. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to see
1: who they have taken. Well, I, Who's it gonna be? Well, I don't know who it's gonna be, but I, it's it's they're they're not gonna go. I mean, when they hired Shep, and after it was obviously they fired Mario Rod, and they had, yes. to, hire, had to hire somebody. And I, you know, I think I went through the list, and I looked for people who were potentials, and. And Joe Davis was definitely a guy because he's from Michigan, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it with Joe Davis anything extraordinary. I know he's one of the favorite guys for I don't know what is it Fox. Uh, yes. that he does some broadcasts for he them. He does Dodgers. Football. He does World Series. He does that. ML, yeah, yeah he does other stuff. I, okay, he's he's proficient to me. He's not interesting, you know. And even the Dodgers, same thing. They brought in guys, and they have Earl Hershiser, who's decent, um, you know, but it's to me it's it's there's they're right now it's such a it's such a time it, it, and it's been like this for a long time where you have you can't say the wrong thing you know you gotta really toe the line you can't get people angry at you the the management, the team you know whatever it is you you have to just right it's rarely a criticism that's one of the things it's almost it's, like just
0: keeping your job it, it's like yes, surviving like like Kevin Brown from the Orioles. He put up right. that graphic he didn't put it up, <laughs> they put it up, and he just talked about hey, haven't beat the Rays a lot lately. And next thing you know, he's suspended four games. Absolutely. Great point. You make a great point. Absolutely.
1: A great point. That's that's absolutely point. true. And that's and that's I think that's unfortunate what they're gonna. I would guess that my my guess, Jeff, I don't know, give me your name, who if you think somebody, but I think whoever they're gonna hire just might have some kind of ties to Scott Harris in some way at one of his stops, Cubs or Giants or Giants. whatever, somewhere along the way. Okay. And, and part of that, and I don't know, I didn't listen to enough Tigers broadcast. I would imagine if they'd asked Shep to do this, he would have, but to emphasize and to sort of promote the whole uh controlling the strike zone from both sides and you know this is what we want to do and this is the scott harris way and, and this is you know how we're, the tigers are going to win you know a lot of that let's face it i mean the tv broadcast the radio broadcast as well but the tv broadcast yes. uh definitely is in a lot of ways the mouthpiece for the team on a day-to-day basis so whatever message the team wants to put out there really is communicated and, and scott harris went on into the booth more than a few times you know, he did, no, and, um, so. and there's there's no doubt, there's no doubt, at least in my mind,
0: that Scott Harris probably, Haley's okayed the decision. I don't know if he had something to do with it, but he seems like a micromanaging guy where he's got his fingerprints on pretty much every aspect of the organization, which a president of a baseball operation should probably do. So, yes, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Um, If I had my choice, it's never going to happen. I would call up the White Sox – not the White Sox, but I would call up uh, Jason Bonetti, and I would offer him the world and say, come to Detroit. The guy does the national stuff. He's fantastic. I would also – and, again, I doubt you actually made it, but Dan Schulman with Toronto. Come on, Danny. Why don't you come to America? Come to Detroit, baby. And the one guy I definitely would want – and, again, he's not leaving San Diego – But Dan Orsillo is funny. He's engaging. He's got a great chemistry with, like, his color commentators. Those are the three guys I would definitely try to get. I know none of those guys are coming here. So you're probably going to get somebody off the beaten path or maybe get somebody in the Tigers minor leagues, like Dan Hasty, who used to work at the ticket, by the way, or uh, Greg Gagne, who uh, called the combined no-hitter. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope they get it right because if you don't get it right, and you go Ruse and Rathman, or you go another Matt Shepard, I mean, that you're looking for another. It, it's a big role, and we all know that. Like oh, yes, ask, radio is big in baseball, but TV's big too. It's a big role, and you got to get it right. So it's a huge hire that they have coming up here.
1: Brian Anderson is he still with the Reds? Is he still doing Reds games?
0: Yeah, he's good too. He's on uh, TBS, right? TNT, TBS. He's busy. Yeah, yeah, he
1: would be, he would, I, I've listened to him. I've always liked him too. And, um, you know, to me, the, the thing with Shep, though, is like, I, I think you have to do something. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fairness part of me and, you know, in life or whatever. But I don't think he did anything worth being fired for. That's the thing. And, and
0: so you're, you're 100% right. Because you know, that's not the same exact thing. Usually you lose your job in baseball broadcasting or really broadcasting for that matter for two reasons. Retire or a scandal of some sort, right? Like, look at Tom Brenneman, he was great right. with the Reds, they loved him. Next thing you know, he says something in a hot mic and he's never gonna work again. So, I, I think, like, again, it is rare to see a guy that did it for half a decade all of a sudden get let go. But I also think that the Tigers are well aware, and you mentioned the Harris effect of how people felt about Shep, right or wrong. Scott Harris is on Twitter all the time, and their Bally's was fielding a lot of tweets where maybe they didn't like Shep as much as other guys. So I think Scott Harris sees that, and well, I think
1: you get what you get. And The other thing, too, is uh, I think that they're saying, uh, I've heard that uh, they're going to keep the rest of the broadcast crew. For now, but they might change that, I think, when they hire the
0: play-by-play guy.
1: Okay, so maybe they'll, they don't want to make it seem like they're cleaning house and just kind of change some roles quietly or whatever. But to me, you don't get rid of Shep without get, making some other changes. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, 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 and I did a thing I wonder, and I haven't talked to Shep about this, you know, um, but I just wonder if they'd asked him to change, if they'd, if they'd say, listen, you got to spice it up. You got to do this. We're going to change that. I really doubt, I mean, you know, I, you and I both have known Shep for a really long time. Yeah, it's great He's guy. got a strong personality. He, he can push back on some things, you know, he's, he's uh, can be a little strong willed but he's also, he's not stupid, you know, he, he's not going to go against what, you know, his bosses want or what the team wants. So if they'd asked him to do something, I think he would have done it. So that's the thing.
0: See, I think they probably did. I don't know anything, but I bet you they probably did. But here's the thing about being a human being. You can't be somebody you're not. You can try. I try to be a good golfer all the time. I fail. <laughs> right. You just can't be somebody that you're not. So, so I'm sure he tried. And if you watch the various broadcasts over the years, I think you did see a guy that was trying to be a little more lighthearted and, you know, make some more jokes and make some observations that were less about baseball. But I think at the end of the day, they gave him five years and it was a good run. And It's not personal. It's just everybody has different tastes, but enough people just didn't like the broadcast. And the Bally's decided to move on. But, um, Carlos, I told you, I lied to you. I told you I needed you for 15 minutes. You have uh, doubled your time. You've well exceeded that. And I appreciate it. So I just want to quickly recap. And carlos of the Detroit Free Press. Watch his podcast as well. What's your podcast?
1: Uh, Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. I've been on that podcast like three times. Oh, you rescued the podcast. You've been a star, yes.
0: Oh, please, please. You're doing the same for me. Trust me. But here, here's the review. Here's what we're going to review. The Lions are indeed the best team of our life. Jameson Williams, Carlos thinks it is a big deal to cut a 100 balls out of a jug machine. And um, I think that's pretty much all. Like, Oh, and you like Matt Shepard, and you didn't think you should get fired. And I understood move. That's pretty much it, I think. I think we covered everything. Yeah, do you think Urban Meyer's smart. going to Michigan State?
1: No, 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 he's too smart for that. I don't think
0: he's we don't smart. have enough time for that anyway. No, no way. Carlos, read Carlos in the free Catch him after the Lions game. He's been the team since 06. Look how good he looks, Carlos. Thank you, my friend. Always great talking to you. Let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. It's the daily ticket. Thank you, Carlos. Now, look, I get to make him go away. Look, this is very crass. Here you go. He's gone. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow on The Daily Ticket. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.